Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 8.30 on Tuesday, January 8th. I'm Karen Brown and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, what's ahead as the 2019 legislative session opens today. Then find out how some federal workers are pushing through the partial government shutdown. And as accepted employees, we'll be paid once the government reopens, and we understand that. So we're doing our jobs, focusing on what we've been charged to do. We'll hear from Republican Senator Sally Doty in our final legislative profile and learn how you can help Mississippians in dire need of blood donations. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi lawmakers returned to the Capitol today for the 2019 legislative session. Republican Governor Phil Bryant is proposing a teacher pay raise as Mississippi legislators begin their three-month session. House and Senate leaders say they also would like to consider raises for state employees, among other issues. Republican Speaker Philip Gunn. I have said I don't want us to forget our state employees either. State employees have not had a raise in quite some time. So anything we do in that arena is going to be a function of dollars and whether or not revenues exist. But also I want to make sure that our state employees are not left out. It will be late March or early April before budget decisions are made. Speaker Gunn recently told reporters he also plans to address human trafficking in the coming session. When asked about whether legislators will work across the aisle during this year's session, Gunn says that's the intent every year. I like to bring forward legislation that uh, majority of people can support. I think the things we brought forward over the years certainly are good policies and uh, Many of them have been passed and implemented, and they've made a difference in this state. So it's the objective every year to try to get as many people as possible behind every piece of legislation. Bobby Moak is chairman of the Mississippi Democratic Party. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier, despite this being an election year, he thinks controversial issues will be limited. Well, if history is any indicator of a fourth year during a legislative term, uh, there will be <laughs> very many controversial issues that the legislature will deal with. Uh, everybody's concerned about the elections, and uh, certainly it's a time when legislators are considered about themselves, you know, are wondering about themselves and what kind of opponents they're going to have and what kind of information can they feed an opponent. And I think you're exactly right on that. I'm, I don't think we will see a lot of, uh, of hard-hitting issues uh, coming this fall, coming forward this year. And that comment came from the Speaker of the House, uh, Republican Philip Gunn. Uh, he said that uh, they'll be looking at issues like human trafficking. As a Democrat and representing the state party, what is it that you want to see come out of this session? What do you think Democrats will be focused on? I don't think Democratic legislators are scared of the hard issues. I think they would like to still talk about uh, getting our our share of the federal funds there that are for health care. I think people want that. Uh, we've heard in recent weeks that the governor may be going 
behind his stance of trying to expand Medicaid. So certainly legislators on the Democratic side of the aisle are not scared about taking uh, those billions of dollars that we have missed and increasing the number of jobs in the state uh, that they would bring. Democratic legislators are not afraid of a road and bridge issue. There was one that was passed during the last session that was sort of a patchwork type piece of legislation, but I'd certainly love to see that happen. Uh, Democrats are not scared of taking up the issue of taxes either in the form of the Republican majorities have been giving our tax money away to their large corporate buddies. And that's why you see supervisors at the local level having to raise taxes um, because they don't have the money coming from Jackson anymore. So Democrats aren't afraid about, take, afraid about taking on that issue. Also, as we get to this election year, almost $1 billion of our tax money has been given away to large corporations in special legislation and tax breaks. And speaking of the roads and bridges, I understand we may not see uh, anything new come of that because of the special session and a lottery is supposed to be created and some funding measures were taken. Well, there were some measures taken, but let's be really truthful about it. We're using Sportsbook to sort of bolster that uh, a little bit, but Mississippi is probably not going to see that about a million or maybe a million and a half dollars come from their share of the taxes on Sportsbook. My goodness, Nevada only brings in anywhere from 14 and a half to 17 million in taxes for their state coffers every year. And you know how much bigger uh, that particular form of gaming is in Nevada than it is in Mississippi. Uh, a lot can be talked about uh, about the lottery and what it's going to bring in. Those numbers are still kind of fluffy. They're still in the sky. I do believe there will be some, but it's not going to take care of the pothole in front of your house anytime soon. And it's probably time for the voters to wake up and say, you know, I need somebody who's going to speak up for me all the time, not just three years out of a four-year session. Bobby Moak, chair of the Democratic Party, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Legislators convene at noon today. In other news, the partial government shutdown continues into its 17th day. Some federal employees are required to work without pay. We asked Chairman Moak about the effect of the shutdown on Mississippians. He says some would be surprised at how it affects their daily lives. Well, if you think that the shutdown does affect you, uh, go stand by your mailbox and wait on your income tax return. Uh, start taking a look at the national park system. Um, things uh, become more and more apparent the longer the shutdown, the shutdown takes place. And 800,000 federal workers who are not receiving a paycheck, let's think, in the, let's think about putting ourselves in their shoes uh, for a second and see how it's affecting those families if the same thing were happening to you. We're not in an economy in an economy where we're all flush, and a lot of people live from paycheck to paycheck. If it's a two-member household that's working, they need both of those paychecks coming in, and if one of them are gone, it's just devastating to the family. So, 
you've, we've got those workers uh, throughout the nation. They're just not in Washington, D.C. and those areas. They are everywhere, and they're here in Mississippi, too. And, you know, if, if our president says that, you know, he's going to stay on with the shutdown as, as long as he wants in order to get certain things done, then uh, I certainly hope uh, our Congress, with logic and reasoning, can come together and put something forward that will take care of this issue in short order. Mississippi Democratic Party Chairman Bobby Moak. Some employees are furloughed, meaning sent home without pay, while more than 420,000 of what they call essential federal employees have to go to work without pay. Bill Parker is meteorologist in charge at the National Weather Service in Jackson. He tells MPB's Ashley Norwood the weather continues despite what's happening in Congress. We're meeting the mission. Our job is to save the lives and property of the American people by issuing weather warnings and advisories for the citizens that we serve here in Mississippi. So we're doing our jobs. Our job is to um, monitor the weather, and that's what we're doing here at the National Weather Service in Jackson. So with that shutdown, are you doing your job, required to do your job, obviously, but are you not being paid? Are your checks being withheld? What's happening on that side? There is a lapse in appropriations, um, but as accepted employees, um, once the government reopens, we will be paid um, for the work that we do to serve the American citizens. Some may, you know, just question, at what point do you start to feel that pinch then? You know, w- without that appropriation, how does it affect you personally, um, you know, with just your own expenses? I can't talk about how it affects me personally. I mean, I'm here doing my job to serve the American citizens. I'm here to serve the government um, who I work for. And so um, we we are working. We're doing what we're supposed to do to um, monitor the weather and to um, make sure that the citizens here are served um, appropriately um, by by the federal government of the United States as we continue to monitor the weather and save property. Within the agency, how are you guys able to continue to um, provide the same services without those appropriations? Is is there any difference at all? No, the service is is the same. And and we have um, employees here who are committed to the mission. Um, They they believe in the mission of the National Weather Service. And so um, as they come to work on time, they're here doing their jobs. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have forecasters who are continually coming in to do the job. Weather doesn't care about the lapse of appropriations. Uh, We can have severe weather next week. And so we understand that as employees, and we want to come in, and we want to make sure that we are serving the people of Mississippi and northeast Louisiana and southeast Arkansas by monitoring the weather here um, in this area that we've been commissioned to do. Even during this partial government shutdown, we have experienced some weather with flooding and, uh, you know, different storms that have come through Mississippi. But like you said, the, the job continues. Yes, yes, the job continues. Again, we, we're, we're dedicated to the mission of the National Weather Service. We're de- dedicated to the mission of um, saving lives and property when weather gets out of whack and significant weather approaches this area in the south. All right, Bill Parker with the National Weather Service in Mississippi. Thank you so much. Thank you. President Donald Trump is scheduled to address the nation from the Oval Office tonight at 8. You can hear his speech here on MPB Think Radio. Coming up, we'll hear from Republican Senator Sally Doty in our final legislative profile. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education with 100% online master's or specialist degrees in fields like teaching, leadership, higher education, and more. More information at rebelteacher.com. Whether traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along, too. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippians are learning more about the legislative process leading into today's session. We've been talking with legislators from both parties in the House and Senate. We're taking time to learn more about the legislative process and the varying ways legislators approach their positions. Today, District 3 Republican Sally Doty tells us about her experience as chair of the Energy Committee. Certainly a legislator is there to vote on bills. But it is also a legislator's role to develop that policy. And to me, that is what is so interesting. As you serve for maybe a term or two, you become much more knowledgeable about certain issues and you're able to really help guide our state forward. That is what I hope to do. I'm going to run for re-election. It will be my third term, and I'm looking forward to that. But then again, Karen, you also have a role with your constituents. Many of my constituents are rural, do not have much interaction with state agencies, or, you know, they don't want to drive up to Jackson. And so I help a lot of my constituents uh, with issues with state agencies. So it's, it's a lot of service and telephone calls as well. Can you tell us how committees work? Everyone serves on five, six committees. How do they meet? Is it by telephone? Is it in person? Is it by email? How do you do it? We meet in person. Those uh, committee meetings are listed on the legislative website. There are different times throughout the session when it's more important for committees to meet when you're considering legislation. So it's really dependent on kind of the schedule of the legislative session. Uh, But we also do meet when we are out of session. It's pretty unusual for a committee to meet uh, outside of session, but maybe once or twice we will do that. Uh, I think I'm on seven or eight committees, and it is often a scramble to get to all of those committee meetings. And there have to be some conflicts, I would think. Uh, How many members are generally on a committee? Does it vary? Uh, it, It varies depending on the committee. Uh, But, you know, like our finance committee has almost 24 people on it, 24 or 25, whereas other committees are smaller. Most committees have about six or eight people on them, I would think, but it's it's set by the rules of the Senate. Uh, There's a set number of members on each committee. And, you know, committees are so important. I mean, that piece of legislation cannot get to the floor unless it is passed through committee. And in Mississippi, of course, the committee chair determines what legislation will be voted on in their committee. So, for example, as chairman of the Energy Committee, I will get a list of all of the bills that have been referred to my Energy Committee. And I look at that list, and as the chairman, I will decide which bills will be brought up for a vote. Because this is an election year, do you anticipate an easier session not as much conflict and and not big issues to tackle? 
in 2015, we all heard, oh, it will be an easy year. You won't have anything too difficult because it's an election year. And it seems like it was just as difficult as every other year. So I think we will still have a lot of big issues. And, you know, I leave session every year mad. (laughs) because I've had some piece of legislation that, you know, at the very end, maybe it got through conference and didn't get signed at the end. You know, I always have something I'm working on. You know, a lot of things that make it, but something that doesn't. So to me, you're not, you're not kind of in the fight unless you you have something like that. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I hope that it will be perhaps a calmer year, but it seems like every year uh, we have some issue that pops up that's a hot button issue and you really often can't anticipate what that's going to be. You are a Republican. You are in the majority party in the Senate. Does an election year mean less or more cooperation with the Democratic Party, or does it not make a difference? I'm not sure if it really makes a difference. Uh, I think it might be a bit more partisan on election years. Uh, You know, often there are... Amendments that are made on the floor that have no chance of passing, none at all, uh, but perhaps they're offered just to get, they sound good. It's, it's an amendment, you know, oh, let's let's move, you know, a, a bunch of money over to education, which we would all like to do. But, you know, once you have your budget set, you know, we have so many different needs within the state, you know, we work on that budget throughout the session Um, And we're all kind of settled on our budget numbers, but then often there will be an amendment to amend the budget, add additional monies, which, you know, if you vote against it, it it makes you look bad. You know, it does. So there are some games that are played, (laughs) and uh, that's just part of it. Sally Doty is a Republican senator representing District 39. Sally, thank you so much for being with us. You're very welcome, Karen. Thank you. Coming up, learn how you can help Mississippians in dire need of blood donations. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. Join me for all new episodes of Mississippi Roads starting January 24th. We visit the state's last drive-in in Iuka, paddle Sky Lake in Belzona, study steam engines in Meridian, explore a lost cemetery in Port Gibson, visit the John Ford home in Columbia, pick mushrooms in Poplarville, Learn how to make knives in Van Cleve. That and more coming up on all new episodes. So join me on Mississippi Roads on MPB Television. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippians are learning more about the legislative process leading into today's session. Oh, excuse me. Uh, this is mis- um, hospitals are altering surgery schedules due to limited blood supplies. That's according to Mississippi Blood Services, a statewide nonprofit blood bank. The agency says it's currently experiencing a critical shortage and needs donations of all blood types. Anna Leverton is outreach coordinator for Mississippi Blood Services. She tells MPB's Ezra Wall why this shortage is significant. It is actually a nationwide shortage. Uh, We have experienced shortages before and usually can call on other associated blood centers to help alleviate the pain, and we do the same for them in their times of crisis. But unfortunately, this time, there's none to be had. 
And that is very disheartening because we cannot get the blood in. It's got to come from Mississippians for Mississippi patients. It's not that we can go out and purchase it or barter in some way to get it. Uh, One of the largest hospitals in the state has discontinued elective surgeries in order to have surgeries available for both emergencies and traumas. And we've heard that another hospital is considering doing the same. And we never want a patient to go without ever. It could be our own loved one. So we we never want to have that happen. The people who need your services uh, the most are are people who who show up in those emergency situations where they've been some kind of accident or gunshot wounds, uh, various kinds of things that cause a lot of bleeding. But not to mention that the people who are having surgeries that have sometimes been scheduled uh, months and months out needs transfusions too. So, is it the time of the year, or what makes this time uh, what's causing there to be a shortage at the moment? It's a multitude of things. You know, kids are still out of school. That's a factor. The weather is a factor. It's been raining and the weather's just been awful. So part of what we're experiencing is a scheduling issue where people who might normally be willing to come and donate haven't been able to find the, the flexibility in their schedule to do that. That's part of it. The other is that there. this is a busy time of year with the holidays just being over. Uh, school's not back in session. We do rely a lot on high schools and colleges. Uh, we, where we have a lot of our blood drives. People are busy getting over the holiday season with cold and flu season as well. You know, we depend on our donors being well and healthy to come in and donate, and a lot of people have been ill. And this doesn't just affect everyday surgeries. When we have a trauma such as uh, we've just had recently with a young gentleman using now up to 200 units, that definitely depletes the readily available supply of blood and we need to have donors come out now to make sure that two days from now we have blood on the shelf. What blood types are you looking for? That's the real sad part. We need all blood types. So what should people do if they are not familiar with the blood donation process? How can they help? If you are 16, you can donate with your parents' permission. We would need to get a signed permission slip from your parent, but 17 and older weighing at least 110 pounds. They can come to any Mississippi Blood Services location and or blood drive and donate. It takes about an hour, and all we're asking is for them to roll up their sleeve and give somebody a tomorrow. How helpful is that for one person to come in and donate? Every one person can save up to three lives. A regular unit of whole blood can be separated into three blood components, red blood cells, platelets, and plasma. So one, one whole blood donation can save up to three lives. We take about a pint of blood, which you're not going to miss. Within 48 hours, your body produce, reproduces and you've replenished your blood. So I was looking on your website because I was going to ask you to highlight just one or two of the blood drives that you might have coming up. And I was surprised to find out that in the first two or three days of, of uh, the week of uh, January 6th, you've got six or eight different blood drives all over the state each of those days. And it's like that every day on the calendar. So so no matter what part of Mississippi you're in, you really should be able to find a donation location pretty near you. That's absolutely correct. If you go to msblood.com, you'll actually see a map and find a donation center near you, a blood drive either on a coach, uh, at a hospital, 
uh, or at our main center here on Flowood Drive. So that's msblood.com. Thank you for sharing that information, and, uh, and, and I hope that we can get some people through the door and on the bus and uh, into the, uh, into the uh, donation centers. Anna Lebreton of Mississippi Blood Services, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. We hope everyone will come out. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Money Talks. Then at 10 o'clock, it's In Legal Terms. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. We want to hear from you. Let us know what you think about a story or send us a news tip by visiting MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education with 100% online master's or specialist degrees in fields like teaching, leadership, higher education, and more. More information at rebelteacher.com.